0: Hey and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host Ricky, and with me, as always, is Bill. Hello. (laughs) Why do you sound so far away? Like you're yelling. (laughs) And (laughs) all right, let's just keep going.
1: Got in my way.
0: And Brandon, who is unfortunately absent today, and Jane. Hi. We're a couple disabled guys passionate about gaming and accessibility, and together. We are real life problem. Ah, there we go. (laughs) Yeah, you like the way I sold that that time?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you really sold him. I think you really, really roped him in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do. How are you guys doing on this fine Monday evening?
1: Yeah, all right. I mean, it's Monday. Survived the weekend. Mm -hmm. Nothing too crazy happened on the weekend, but you know.
2: Yeah, I'm a. I took my dog to the vet today, and she's fine. So, that's good, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw
1: Detective Pikachu over the weekend. Uh pretty good. Ryan Reynolds definitely made it funny. Hearing him voicing a Pikachu is quite hilarious. So, um, sweet. <laughs> it well, was let's, good.
0: let's get back to that as we go into our lead-in of our discussion this week. Is so the new Sonic trailer dropped uh, recently. What do you guys think? Cringe. oh
2: i'm not sure about that
1: (laughs) it was very cringy to me like because just how humanoid sonic's looking i mean it's pretty bad when you know that the director i was i don't know my buddy was saying somewhere i don't actually have the post i might look it up while we're talking about it but apparently the director said something about apology and that they were going to correct it
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's exactly right they're going to redo the entire sonic design and hopefully in turn hopefully in time for when it comes out, which I, I imagine yeah. being a logistical nightmare. Yeah, I feel yeah. bad for
1: them, but, I mean, to me, I would be fine with him being a cartoon. Who cares? He's not real anyways. I'd be perfectly fine with it. I just don't know why they've made him, try to
2: make him look, but sort of quote-unquote real. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, I
1: know. It's kind of creepy. It's
2: so weird. Like, <laughs> his legs are so muscular, and his face
0: just, like, He's
2: got those very sort of human-like teeth. Yeah, the the the
0: teeth is the one one thing I keep hearing from people. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with the teeth? Gotta go fast. (laughs) Yeah, so (sighs) I I think uh, the part that weirds me out the most. Yeah, it's cringy, but the part that weirds me out (laughs) the most that I didn't really recognize until it was pointed out to me is like on the original Sonic design, he's only got like one eyeball. Like he's got two eyes, but like, He's got like one eyelash or eyebrow, so it's like two eyeballs connected to one, making one giant eyeball with two pupils on it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing just how much sort of you see Sonic in the sort of games all the time, and it's it's big people having that pointed out to them for the first time. You know, you sort of realize after twenty odd goodness, yeah. how many years has Sonic been around for?
0: It's quite shocking just noticing yeah. that. Yeah, and that's what was weird is like when I was when I, when I was watching a trailer, I was trying to like put my finger on it. I was like, what is up with his eyes? Eyes that are so weird. And it was that was it. It's like he had two separate eyes. They weren't one giant weird eyeball. And it's just like somehow that matters for some reason.
1: Yeah, but I also know that when they did the when they did the original design for Sonic, apparently he was like really menacing looking and had like this like hard rock look to him and like a guitar and stuff and like they were just like no no we're not doing this
2: yeah like, the original they, um it was sonic crap was original <laughs> sorry i keep talking over you there you go the original sonic was what i was gonna say that the original sonic design it was supposed to have a human girlfriend yeah that that's based right. on madonna uh. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it was created by the the funny thing about it was is that it's created by some Japanese guy that was like kind of like, like, like making a stereotype of like what <laughs> what American like you know like they're just make like it not it wasn't intentional but I think it was just they didn't quite understand that you know uh, why that was like would come off maybe a little bit not kid friendly. <laughs>
0: So, wait, was this for the video game design or for the movie design?
1: This is for the video game design. Um, so,
0: like, back in the 90s. Yeah, so it's a yeah, whole interesting
1: yeah. story. I would say that um, there's a book that I actually read about about Sega's history, and Sega Sega does have quite an interesting history, um, believe it or not. Um, it's got a lot of, you know, a lot of, like, interesting things, like how Sonic ended up actually being the cash thing when it was they were trying to make a... Uh, Altered beast, uh, alter beast, or whatever it was, they were trying to make mm. that that like the the selling poster trade. child, the poster child. But then when they bundled Sonic with with the Genesis, it sold like hotcakes. Like people just ate it up. Like they ate Sonic up. No,
0: so. because oh, it's a fantastic game. You go fast, get some rings, hit some boxes, fight yeah, a boss. I mean,
1: I mean if like... you think about it, it, it it follows the same principles in a lot of ways of what made Mario work.
0: Yeah, Um, just a much faster pace. Uh,
1: Much faster pace, and like you have this mascot and all that stuff, so that's kind of cool, but not to get too caught up in the creation of Sonic, but I'm just saying that it's interesting how, you know, how when they were doing the video game design, they lead down a road to something that works, then with the movie design, it's like, that didn't happen. (laughs) They they created something that's a monster. (laughs) Something just horribly disfigured, and... Well,
0: the thing about that movie is, too, is, like, I, like, Sonic design aside, it just doesn't look like that great of a movie to me either. Yeah,
1: like, some of the lines that that Jim Carrey, like, comes out with, I'm just, like... I think he's
0: actually a good uh, a good Robudnik.
1: Yeah, I mean, he could be, but I'm just saying that they, I feel like he definitely did not have a hand in writing any of the Right, He definitely is not, you know. But then again, maybe, maybe we won't see the crappy lines. And maybe there'll be actually some good ones. I mean, I'm sure there will be. Yeah, there's, there's only
0: some... one joke in there that kind of like fell. I mean, didn't fall for me. That actually landed for me. That was kind of funny. It was like, is that a kid in the bag? He's like, oh, no. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's a kid, but not my kid. And that part I actually <laughs> did legitimately laugh at. And I was like, all right.
1: That is kind of funny. I, I Yeah. Kinda yeah. And chuckle a little bit.
0: The the whole, like, Coolio, like, over Sonic was kind of a strange choice. Like, okay. I, yeah. like, I don't know about you guys, but I thought the some of the music in the Sonic games was, like, some of the best iconic, like, super, like, energy-driven music out there in terms of video game music. And I hope they find a way to, like, bring that in, you know, like, the radioactive act, um, oh, chem a chemical plant zone or a Starlight zone is like do 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 Starlight zone, yeah, yeah, uh huh. That song was fucking amazing. And if they find a way to actually put that into the movie, then they might actually have you know a chance of success.
1: Well, I think that they should look to artists like Anna to make that type of thing happen because they are everything that personifies video games. They did the soundtrack for the Scott Pilgrim video game. Hmm. The video game, yeah, not the that's movie. Oh, a good one. Uh, yeah, because I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Beck did the soundtrack yeah, for the movie. Beck did the movie. They did the game. Onomatoguchi, um, if you guys have never heard of them, um, Endless Fantasy, absolutely must be listened to. I'm just, hmm. just throwing that out there. It's like uh, at the forefront of Chiptune. Chiptune is uh, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But anyways that's a whole other conversation we could do a whole episode on that shit. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> moving on to uh so I mean the Sonic trailer uh topic is just a great transition to uh, something we wanted to talk about today anyways which is uh video game movies in general and translations. So my question for you guys is you can answer both of these at the same time or not or like what in your opinion is the best video game movie and or worst video game movie? You can choose to answer those as you see, please. As you please.
1: Oh, the best. That's oof. that's really making me have to think.
0: Well, I've got a couple.
2: I've got a couple that I'm quite fond of. Let's hear. It. Um, okay, yeah,
1: maybe so we should go for it.
2: <clears throat> I think for the best one, I would probably pick perhaps the Street Fighter Two animated movie. Not necessarily because it's a great film. I mean, it's quite good. It does have its. Um, there are some points in it that I, I'm not so keen on, um, but comp- as for a, a film that really sort of does a good job of representing what the characters from the game are like in a, an in an, an animated form, it gets so much closer than so many other uh, film to uh, game to film translations. So <clears throat> you know, for example, like most of the characters in it where they're, re- they're recognisable as the the characters in the game.
0: Like they kept the same one. character designs and everything?
2: Yeah, yeah. So there's like, you know, in so many other films based on, based on video games they'll change the character design because maybe it's not realistic or because it's hard to model in real life or because they don't have the budget to CG mm-hmm. it up a little bit to make it work. But because it's a, basically like a manga film, because it's animated, uh, Japanese animation, It's, they can just, they can just draw it all up. And it sort of focuses on the characters from Street Fighter 2 that you would think that the story would revolve around. So there's quite a lot of Chun-Li, quite a lot of Guile, quite a lot of Ryu and Ken, and the big bad guys in Bison, you know. So Mm -hmm. it works really well, and none of the side characters in it are given, are sort of pushed under the bus to make way for the the, the main characters. Right. right. (laughs) Sort of.
0: So here's a here's a follow-up question to you then. Is do you think that video game movies are more easily translated through animation or through uh, live action film?
2: Uh ooh. Well, I mean, animation can work well for certain games. Right. But it doesn't necessarily guarantee a good a good film at the end. So, right. you know, Street Fighter 2 is obviously a big big popular fighting game, but it has its um, competitive uh, competitor, something like Tekken or something like Fatal Fury, both fighting games from Japan with animated movies based on them not as good, either one of them you know Um, so something like the Fatal Fury movie leans very heavily Um, it has a lot more uh, I would say like fan service style stuff so female characters with big bouncing boobs You know, (laughs) that sort of thing. (laughs) Not that the the Street Fighter 2 animated movie doesn't have that. It has a very gratuitous shiver scene with Chun-Li, but (laughs) aside from that, and if that part of it was cut out, it would be generally otherwise fine. If I remember right, it's been a little while since I've seen it. Um, And also, like, the Tekken animated movie. uh, It's not so great
0: either.
1: (laughs) I never saw that one.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that. So, so if you had a, so if you had to recommend one to either me or the viewers between the Tekken or the Street Fighter, it'd be the Street Fighter. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely,
2: yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm, I, it's it's good if you're if you've got a high tolerance for um, anime. I think if if you're not into anime, if it's if it's if it's a real off for you, then you're not going to be uh, won over by it but otherwise i quite enjoy it
1: yeah um <laughs>
0: all right bill your turn
1: in terms of like the best one i have to say hands down resident evil the first one like it wasn't it didn't necessarily follow the story but in terms of like a movie that's watchable um like i think it's definitely i definitely remember enjoying it very much um i don't know how well it's aged i mean because you know um, also another one that stands out is Max Payne, I thought was really good. Um, I remember enjoying it. I don't remember saying that it was like, oh, this amazing film, but I remember I thought that it was like, it was pretty good. And then, um, I actually did like Silent Hill, the first one. I, I did like that, actually. It yeah, wasn't... I was
2: just... Either, any of those. What was that? I was just thinking about the Silent Hill film, just... I just remembered that just uh, before you said it, that is a really good fellow.
0: Did
1: you watch any of those, Ricky? Or
0: no, I didn't. But uh, I was going to ask a question, a follow-up question to you back onto yeah. the Resident yeah. Evil bit. Is yeah. it's, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That the Resident Evil franchise movie franchise is what they did is they, they basically took the na- mm. the name of the the game and also the names of the characters in the games and pretty much. Made their own entire storyline with it, uh, and is that like how it went? Or
1: yeah, and I mean, for what they did, like granted, I'm not going to sit here and say these are great films. Okay, um, in the video game world, films they have made have not really most of them have not stood out to me as being something that I'd be like, oh, this is like high quality cinema that I you know, uh, but I would say that that some were more coherent than others. It seems like at the start of the series things were pretty coherent with Resident Evil, but then as they went on they made too many of them and the story became really stupid. Like it became really dumb and just like the only reason to watch it is to just see um Jill Valentine or whatever kill zombies. Like that was that was the only only selling point for it really. Um And then, of course, I want to bring up Doom, um, which I did not like. I didn't like that movie entirely. But I would say that what was kind of cool was in the last 20 minutes of the film, there is a first person view. And to me, that was really cool because it was attempted. And I don't think it was something that anybody had really attempted to try to do in a film. They're Uh, trying to
0: recapture the magic of an actual playing Doom game.
1: Yeah, and I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that that was um, from an innovative perspective. I thought that was kind of neat that they they tried something like that. Maybe it was not successful, but I think it still conveyed the point. Um, All right. You know, since I'll... I haven't seen that movie though, is uh,
0: when they're in the first person view in the Doom movie, do they have their face at the very bottom middle of the screen, like getting slowly bloodied up as they're getting injured and stuff?
1: I don't remember that. That would have been cool, though. If that would have been
0: amazing. But I guess Doom's not the only game to do that. I think Duke Nukem right. also did that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: yeah. But there's also, I see here, that they have... Uh, um, Like I said, I just saw... Well, I saw uh, Detective Pikachu, and I feel like that probably stands out as being like... It was actually pretty good. Um, It's actually definitely worth seeing. Um, it kind of stayed coherent. You know, it didn't really try to go too crazy with like having a complex story. Um, and I think that's probably because of the audience that it was trying to play towards, which is a younger audience. Um, and I think it, I think it did what it was trying to do very well. Um, I do think that video game movies are kind of coming in their own in some ways, but then stuff like Sonic comes out and you kind of are wondering like, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> you know? Um, so it's <laughs> yeah. Just like, th- Detective
0: yeah. Pikachu seems to be, you know, a little bit of a a rare a rarity in the breed. Because uh, yeah, video game movies have a history, a long history of being, you know, in critic eyes, maybe not to like the public eyes, but usually being overall failures. And like, why why do you guys think that is?
1: Um, I think it might have something to do with the fact that I feel like as as players of the video game, I feel like the story might have been so compelling for the game itself that they weren't able to recreate that magic for the viewer. And I feel like those that had played the games, I feel like are always going to be a little bit more harsh on the product, but it also seems like some of them just try try too hard, I guess, you know, if that makes any sense. It seems like they're trying to do this grandiose thing and then it ends up being a convoluted story, um, very broken, very much plot holes in a lot of these films. Um, Is one thing that I've noticed that kind of stands out. So well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's just the fact that people played a game, and they didn't get the same feel of the you know when they watched the movie. I guess.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think as well. Like, so sort I of touched on that. It's like when you play when you play the game, you have your own experience and your own interpretation of who the characters are and what their motivations are and things. Right. Especially if it's a bit more kind of like, you know, silent protagonist type thing or whatever. Right. But when you watch a film, they're trying to sort of compress the the experience of that game, the story of that game into something like ninety minutes and give all the characters all the the development time on screen and
0: things to make a satisfying film and sometimes it's just not possible and it's also also, i believe too is like in a video game like you are one of the characters and it's hard to like put yourself into a character on an actual movie because you know everything is being played out for you as opposed to a video game you are playing it out Mm. so it's hard to make that to that experience relatable to every person in the audience would being like, ooh, that that main character fits me. Or, you know, that main character, you you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I feel like a lot of
2: these um, game to film translations would be much better served as, like, a 12-episode series. So you look at something like, say, Hitman that came out, um, goodness, would that have been, like, seven or eight years ago? Based on the games, based on... Yeah, it's a while ago now, based on the games and all that. But I mean, I've never seen it, right? But it wasn't very well received, as I remember. But a Hitman TV show would be probably be pretty good. And I think <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I you know a lot it. of these games I think lend would lend themselves more to that type of thing.
1: Well, I'm looking here at a list of movies, and it seems like it seems like for instance you look and you go through some of these like. You look at, like, Blood Rain, that that got, like, a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. You got, like, um, Street Fighter, you know, the one with Jean-Claude Van Damme, got, like, an 11%. What was it? Double Dragon got 8%. Well, so, a couple couple movies I think I found
0: uh, to be kind of successes in my book through uh the years maybe not like critical successes but one of them obviously being mortal combat uh it's one of the favorite video game movies one because yeah, of the agree. soundtrack and two because you know it, i think it succeeds in where other movies fail is because like um it it leaned into the cheesiness that is the mortal combat lore you know and just, mm. it didn't shy away from it and knew exactly what it was it's like, all right, this is a weird ass fighting game. Let's turn this into a weird ass fighting movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it did have a forty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and then a fifty seven percent on the fan score for it. So it is, it is definitely in a higher category than most. Yeah, the- is
2: that the film where is that the one where uh, Johnny Cage does the splits and punches Goro? Yep, and, uh, exactly. The junk. Yeah, right, Okay. It's like those are five hundred dollars sunglasses, you son of a bitch. <laughs> i don't think i've not
0: seen that film all the way through but i've seen some of it and
1: that's and, definitely and something that to do get over here
0: yeah oh it's fucking great like it's just so corny. like i i think personally my favorite fight in this is when he's fighting reptile and it's just got the the most like upbeat corny music just and just uh <laughs> yeah. luke, just luke kang just taking it at reptile and he he does the bicycle kick too which is like one of the and it like the whole bicycle kick looks corny as shit while he's doing it. Cause you can tell, but it's great. He's just, yeah. He's just being held up by wires in place, but he's just like, it's like in slow motion too. He's like bicycle kicking. Just like, yeah, that's the Liu Kang. I know in the game. So why wouldn't they put it in there? <laughs> and mm. another one I will say is that one. I kind of, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I did enjoy when it came out was, uh, in 2001, Tomb Raider, the Laura Croft ones. I mean, not Laura Croft, the, um, uh, Angelina Jolie, Laura Croft, the 2001 Tomb Raider, which I thought was, you know, I mean, I was like 11 years old at the time, but I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. So, yeah, I remember quite liking that film. You no, know, not like a pure, amazing film, but like, fine. You know, I enjoyed it well enough. Yeah, it wasn't, it was enough to the point where you're like, you're like, yeah, you know, I can enjoy this and the video game at the same time. And I'm not like overly critiquing it because they kind of took it in their own direction of like, you know, hot chick rating tombs and of course I, I i agree with you with the the 2007 hitman i when i that movie came out i was like yeah this is not the greatest movie but i'm having a fun time watching it
1: yeah i mean they who was the who was the actor that they got to do hmm?
0: uh, i beats me
1: I'm trying to remember yeah. let's see
2: I can, pic- I can see his face, but I-, I can picture his face, but I can't
0: remember his name.
1: I think it's Timothy something.
0: Okay, well, um, let's see. One sticky. Okay. All right, so here's kind of a strange question for you then, is, uh, you know, people are always like, ooh, what video games do you want to see made into a movie? Um, So uh, that's Timothy, one oh, question okay. I can ask you guys, but then I have a follow-up question after that, so quickly what what game do you want to see made into a movie oh right okay I've got one
2: uh the recent um game recent i mean t- 2016 i think it was prey um it was a first person sort of immersive sim type game you start off as a scientist on in a, um, a research lab and you're conducting sort of experiment they're conducting experiments on you so like little psychological tests. But then something goes wrong and the suddenly you realise that you're not actually Okay, I'm spoiling the game here, but there's <laughs> I mean it's the first ever and I think it was in the trailers, but it's there's uh and basically an alien invasion on the ship. On oh, the, sure. the research lab. And as you play through it, you have to like you augment yourself with various new abilities from the the neural mods, which are like a sign or a, 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 a means of taking capturing oh, information from people that you can then just like inject into yourself yep. so it's very much like if you've heard of if you've played bioshock or if you've played yep. system shock 2 it's just totally one of those games and it's brilliant but it's i think that would make a quite a good film hmm
0: at the very least it would be like a maybe a good horror film. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, Prey would be good. Um, All
0: right, Bill, what movie what game do you would you want to see made into a movie?
1: Well, I definitely think uh BioShock would be cool. Um, another one that I was also thinking of is uh, The Last of Us. Um I feel like would be would be an excellent.
0: I've heard uh, of that and, you know, people have compared it to uh to um Logan, you know the Wolverine movie. People have kind of compared those two. The Last of Us.
1: I can sort of, I can sort of, kind of see where they might have. Um, but do
0: you think a movie would be able to sell the same emotional punch as The Last of Us did? What, like being able to get you to care about these characters as much when such um, a little I think amount of they, time.
1: If they did, if they did the writing in the correct way with the character interaction, I feel like they definitely could convey those emotions very easily. Um, because, you know, the fact that you have main character, Joel, dealing with the fact that his daughter at the beginning passes away because he couldn't do anything to save her or whatever, and he has to deal with that guilt, that survivor's guilt, then you can kind of see his character not really wanting to... He doesn't really want to accept another daughter-type figure into his life because, you know, the pain that he has, and it's just like you can kind of tell that he acts like he doesn't give a shit, but you know he does give a shit, and it's right. just like it's just th- this builds up, um, and just the relationship between them, and just the the game actually really is a very emotional roller coaster, you know, in terms of what you go through um, while you play it. I feel like it's actually an experience, like it's actually, I felt like I experienced something that was unlike any other video game experience I've had because it was just uh, very emotional, very you felt very connected and I feel like if they could make that, if they could convey that same thing which you definitely can with film film definitely can do the same thing um, it's just it would have to be written properly and you'd have to get the right actors to do it Right. and I think it could be a spectacular
0: film. I would love to see that. I think my answer would be God of War I think that properly done cool. God of War could be in like today's day and age of like, you know, sci fi action superhero movies, if someone took the care to, you know, redo God of War in a film, I think it could work.
1: Yeah, I mean you could have you could have a, a good popcorn flick on your hands in terms of just like something you can pop on that just has a lot of cool action, a lot of cool shit going on. Um, you know, I feel like you could definitely do stuff with that. Or you can make it into something that's a little bit more than just a popcorn flick and actually have some substance right. to it as well, because there is a story there that, that could be told, mm. especially the story. It's one of, of those newer, ones. Newer it would one. need to have a big old um,
0: R rating on it as well. Yeah, it's definitely an R rating, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that would be the case. Um, also, that that leads me to think of another one, The Witcher would also be, that would be really cool, because there's a book for it. And there's also a movie. There's also a game.
0: Well, I heard uh, Netflix is already turning that into a show.
1: Oh yeah, that's mm. right.
0: So that's right. Your wish has been granted.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're kind of already having that wish granted. Um.
0: All right. Well, so uh, since we're getting pressed on time, before we move on to the next topic, I just want to ask you guys one quick question. Just you know, one answer. Don't sure. don't go too far into it. Is yeah, yeah. you know, we're all talking about video games into movies. Yep. All right. Here's a quick question. What movie would you like to be seen turned into a video game? Oh,
1: shit!
2: Oh god, that's a that's a tricky one. I can um. I can give you guys my, <laughs>
1: my <laughs> answer while been you think. Done? Huh? Oh wait, that's been done.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's been done all the time. Yeah, it's constantly, but yeah, it's, it's never it, never to a, to success. It, but
1: it, I, yeah, Th- that's another thing. That's another thing the the inverse doesn't work the other way doesn't work either there's a lot of shitload of that but I can't Ooh. think of something the other way think. has not worked before but I'm trying to think of a movie that I really I love I can prove
0: you wrong that the other way has worked is uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine as terrible as a movie that was the video game was amazing <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, video actually yeah totally agree that game has no right to be as good as it is it's, yeah. pretty, it's so much better than Maybe it deserves to be it. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. You're like, how am I having this much fun with such a shitty movie game? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's funny but as hell. My um, favorite
0: would be with uh, John Wick. I think John Wick could be turned into a fantastic video game. Oh
1: man, that'd be cool. You could just kill everything. It'd be great.
0: Yeah, gun mm-hmm. foo.
1: By the way, guys, um, that comes that the the third installment comes out this week. Yep. And I can't right. wait to see it. But anyways, Cheers. um. I'm trying to think of what mine would be. Maybe, like, I thought it something cool. What if they made, like, uh, well, they kind of already tried this. Uh, they did, like, a Magic the Gathering, uh, but that's not really. That's, like, a game.
0: All right. Well, while you think, James, do you have an answer?
2: I do. Um, I would like to see uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective game, <laughs> but in the style of uh, uh, LucasArts 1990s uh, point-and-click adventure. Huh. With, like Sam and Max, uh, Hit the Road, or like Monkey Island, where you're picking up objects, you're combining them in funny ways to solve puzzles, and you could get a Jim Carrey sound-alike to do all of the, like, all righty then and all that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I did not, that's not a movie I would have thought of, but I love the answer and the way you sold it, so, I want that game now. <laughs> Alright, Bill, what's your answer? You got, you got, you got just ten seconds before we got to move on
1: um i don't know i think it'd be cool if they did like uh maybe something like predator as like a as a game like they kind of have but i mean i'm talking like if they recreated the arnold movie of predator like in a mm. game format i don't know if they did that like completely
0: so who would you play as the predator or as arnold schwarzenegger
1: well see that's another thing maybe they can make it into like a they could make it even to like one of the a PvP sort of thing, like a Battle Royale type thing, or maybe not a Battle Royale, but a PvP where it's like one person plays as a Predator and then you're the team and then you have to kind of work together to like survive. Or hmm. you could, you know, I don't know. Or you could make it both. You can kind of play as either, you know, wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Gotcha. Maybe they made a Predator uh, game. I'm not sure if they did, but they might have. Well,. Moving on to
0: our next topic, Uh, we're going to talk about another good – we're still going on on video on uh, movies, but this time we're going to transfer it to the accessibility and disability world. And so now my question is to you guys, what is a good representation of disabilities in movies or a poor representation, whichever one you want to go with? Who wants to go first?
2: Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm a big uh, superhero movie fan, well, we superhero all? comics, really, But because I've, I've totally let my uh, superhero movie watching sort of regiment slide, there's so many I've missed, but um, I'm a big X-Men fan, I've not seen all the films, but I do sort of... Um, the X Men as a, a metaphor for all sorts of groups, different minority groups, has always been a thing, and disabled people are no, you know, they're they're no different in that regard. So,
0: um, so you're yeah. saying it's a it is a successful form version of disability or a representation yeah, I mean of it's, disability? It's it's, uh, it's not
2: the best. I mean, I think the X, X- Men is a metaphor for different minority groups. Works better for, you know, some more than others. Right. But certainly, for like um, X Men are, you know, there's there's quite a few characters there, who you can sort of, you know, maybe either obviously have disabilities or you can sort of look at them and see implied sort of. Um, uh, disabilities. Oh. What am I, talking about?
0: I don't know what I'm talking about. But um. <laughs> Well, one of the most obvious disability X Men with disability is uh, Professor X because everyone loves to remind you when you're in a wheelchair. It's like, oh, you're Professor X. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: no, I'm not bald. <laughs> I can't read your mind. I wish I could.
2: uh mm-hmm. you you wouldn't want to read the mind of people who are, that's their first go to joke as a, yeah. wheelchair. <laughs> uh wheelchair. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the X Men is definitely interesting. Thing because I think it. I think it. It, it in itself is a commentary on um, just racial tensions, um, stigma of disability, those sorts of things. I think hmm. kind of those questions kind of are brought up, whether intentional or not. I, mean, I do think there was some intention made though when the X Men were created. I think there was kind of a message that they were trying to give for sure.
2: Oh yeah, definitely was yeah I yeah
1: for sure, because like you see something with like a Beast, um, you know, the look of him's not accepted, which I think that hits more on maybe deformity and maybe like uh, the racial question, um, you know, the fact that you know people look at people differently because they. He looked different, and he was a different color. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that that maybe that maybe they weren't trying to say that, but I'm saying you could see that that maybe there there could be that comparison, or just like the fact of people just being, you know, rejected by society basically because you know the mutants are kind of seen as like this sort of sideshow act that's like, well, we disregard these people, we don't accept them you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like then they find acceptance within that clique at the school. And I feel like that kind of maybe conveys disability in a good way. The fact that, you know, you can, you can find acceptance within, you know, within mm. others that can relate, but at the same time that might be too inclusive because then that might kind of be like saying like, Oh, well you have to be around, around other people that are like that to, to have any sort of connect human connection with anybody which definitely is not true. You can have a human connection with someone that does not have your affliction. So,
0: making people more than just beyond their disability or in terms yeah, of Yeah,
1: I would say maybe you could see that in it. You know?
0: What do you have a do you have a movie in mind, Bill, of like a movie that you think represents disability world pretty well or one or vice versa, one that doesn't show disabilities very well?
1: Well, there was this one movie that I saw, um it's called The Fundamentals of Care. Um Paul Rudd was in it, and basically Paul Rudd had like a tragedy in his life that that led him to want to be a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And it results in him kind of meet meeting this angry teen, which I know yeah, people are probably like, "Oh, the angry guy in the wheelchair." I mean, how many times has that been kind of kind of hashed out, which I think it's been hashed out quite a bit throughout film you know being better because your disability but um you know and I, I i think i can relate to some of that but the uh basic thing of it is that it was you know a very angry teen in a wheelchair with an absent father since the age of three at the diagnosis has never left the house um you know kissed a girl or traveled anywhere you know those types of things and it's like and he meets this male caregiver and then they don't really get first then they start to get along and I feel like I feel like this situation has happened I have heard of of parents actually being that shitty that they found out that their kid was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy um, and then the father can't deal with it so he leaves or the mother can't deal with it so they leave you know Um, that's a real thing it's unfortunate but I have seen it and heard of it happening.
0: So that is that mm. where you find the success in the translation of it being a representation of a, someone with a disability is that it was just a real it seemed like, real.
1: You know, it seemed yeah. real because it really it really expressed the fact that you know how nervous that he was to go outside. You know, he'd be, been so afraid to go outside and his mother had kind of limited limited him and then I think he started to this caregiver was able to push him to kind of go out of the house and do things and actually experience the world. They end up going on a road trip and stuff. And he learns a lot about himself. He ends up kissing a girl, ends up like, you know, just stuff happens. And it's just like really cool because it's just like, it kind of shows you how to cope with your disability. And the fact that just because there's limitations, it should, should stop you from doing it. And I feel like these, I feel like we all kind of, Maybe the road trip isn't actually a road trip for us, but it's more like the life experience you can think of as the road trip. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that happen kind of get you more comfortable with what you're dealing with. For
0: anyone who hasn't seen that movie and you're listening, watch it. It is a great movie, and I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix.
1: Oh, you have seen the movie I'm talking about?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen it. I was just letting you do your thing.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure you kind of agree with some of the points that I was kind of. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's what. Hit. That's what I was. I was just nodding my head and agreeing. Is yeah, it's it. It's <laughs> just a true journey of like you know feeling trapped in, in a world that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've got one more. <laughs> Lay
1: more.
0: it on us. Yeah,
2: I forgot about this one, and it's um, it's a film that at the time really bugged me because it's. Okay, so um, back to the start, I suppose. Um, it's a film called "Don't Breathe." Never if I remember right, yeah, it's kind of a schlocky horror film. It's um, basically the premise of it is that like um, a bunch of youngins, a bunch of like people in their early twenties or whatever, um, find out that there's an old fella that lives in a mostly abandoned neighborhood by himself with his angry dog, and they're gonna. They know that he's got something really valuable in the house. They're going
0: to rob him. Oh, but, I I think I saw the trailer for this movie, but never never actually saw. It. But I uh, continue. Yeah.
2: So, mm-hmm. um the, the 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 thing about this old fella is that he's blind. He's a a former like military guy, and he's got a, a dog that lives with him, and it's it might be like a, a a guide dog or whatever, but it's also like a really big barky angry dog, and In the process of robbing them, they get separated from each other. I mean, it's it's, it's very much a typical kind of horror film, you know. Um, But this old fella is, like, freakishly strong. He's got crazy good hearing and all this. And it just really sort of felt to me like like, another film where there's, like, a a blind person who has got, basically, like, enhanced Mm -hmm. other senses and superpowers. You know maybe because of his blindness or whatever it just really kind
0: of rubbed me out the wrong way, so it like made like blind being blind almost like a cool thing type is if, uh, if if I'm tr- reading you correctly
2: well maybe not so much a, a cool thing but just like something that made him like a bit mon- like more of a monster <laughs> yeah although
1: but, yeah
0: okay I see what you're getting at then
1: what about like I mean what I'm wondering though is is what is the truth to? Is there any truth for other other senses being as heightened as everybody says that they are when you have one of them taken away? Because I I don't know. I've always been kind of wondering if you know if that's just something that we were always told that's actually bullshit. From what, what I've heard, it's true. not
0: actually it's not actually true. I remember watching. I think like it was either Brain Games or something like that showing it. Well, they say as, um, and any one of you chime in with your opinion at the same. If, if you think differently, as uh, um, that your senses don't actually change at all. You just pay attention to them more. Like say, we'll go with the sight loss. Say someone loses their sight, like in their m- mid thirties, right? Their hearing didn't didn't get better. They just pay attention to it more, and they're more aware of it. So that way, they can concentrate it on more, and so they use it. Um, they're just well more well versed on you, how
1: yeah yeah so yeah.
0: that's basically how i understand it
1: you end up it's, using what you already have to its best ability
0: yeah exactly it's just you know now that you know that we have the five senses right it's like so you're spread you're constantly giving energy to five senses but if, if one of those senses are taken away now i can redistribute that same amount of energy to those other four senses
1: and so like right Right, because I was kind of curious about that because I feel like that's something that I feel like is a misconception that a lot of people. It seems like one of those things that one of those stupid facts that some random stranger on a subway tells you, where it's like, "Oh yeah, you know that, <laughs> you know that the that the senses become heightened when one is taken away or something." Like it just seems like something some random stranger would tell you, like you know those facts that you always come across that.
0: If that were true, where the fuck are our <laughs> superpowers then, guys?
1: Right, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, just because I lost my ability to walk didn't mean my arms got stronger, in my case. I mean, sometimes that happens for some people, but it didn't happen for me.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not even like, I'm not even necessarily against the idea of them. I mean, it's a very tropey thing for, like, blind characters in media to have, like, you know, heightened senses and things, and... I look at the character Daredevil from the the Marvel comics, and he's very basically just that in a nutshell, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, lost ah. his sight, develops super senses, right. everything else super. But to be but, fair, you um,
0: get toxic sludge like smeared in his eyes, though. So. Well, yeah, yeah. No. But um,
2: if it's done in the right way, and if the if the character development is done well enough, then you can quite easily overlook Well, I I find I can quite easily overlook. Something that's a bit like a bit of a cliche, disability cliche. If the rest of it is done well and with, um, it's a bit you know relatively accurate to the 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 life of a dis of a person with a disability. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's it's. But this film I just found it was, it, it just felt like that was part of the, part of the otherness of them, you know. Yeah. Of like. Oh, he's, it's, we need a hook to make this guy like, maybe less of a threat, but scarier
1: mm-hmm.
0: sort of thing. I don't know. I see know, I, I know. didn't like it. A quick note on the Daredevil thing is uh, a friend of mine, he told me, actually Evan, the one who designed our logo, he was like, we had a discussion about Daredevil and he was just like, he's like, just imagine the concept of selling Daredevil to someone's like, he's a blind guy who can see. <laughs> and, then, mm. and just that whole that Paul picture right there, when you think about it, it's like, huh, that kind of takes away the 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 magic of it all when you put it that way. But yeah,
2: the, the thing is, though, with Daredevil, like can see, like he can see, but it's it's a different type of sight. You know, it's it's not really seeing in the way that normal people see. Yeah, uh, the sight of people see. It's it's represented sort of quite well in the comics as being like almost. Um, it is described as radar vision in the comics, and it's it's all represented as like black with red lines and things. And there's certain things that even though he can see, you know, for want of a better word, that he, he still can't. Yeah, like he, he still can't see. He can't see a TV screen or
0: anything like that.
2: And yeah, like anything to do with color is totally lost on him and things like that. So it's 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 it's, it's uh sent the the Daredevil comics really represent it quite well, the, the 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 way that he would perceive the world being so much different from right. the way that other people would, right. God. All right. Well, so. Uh,
0: not to cut you off, or are you still going? Or.
2: No, no, no. I was just oh. going to say it's like I, God. I could do. I could probably do a whole episode on disabled superheroes.
0: <laughs> I mean, we, should, we probably. I certainly could, but okay. So I was just going to get uh. There's two movies that I kind of think of that are really good representations of disabilities that I, well, I'll, I'll make them super quick, is uh, one of them, I think, is The, the Theory of Everything. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that, the 2014 Stephen Hockey, Stephen Hockey, Stephen Hawking biopic.
1: I'm Stephen Hockey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. The reason I see that one as, like, a good representation of disability is, is, like, Throughout the movie, you see his downfall, uh, you know, for lack of a better term is you see him slowly coming to grips with the disability and then it not being a hindrance in a way. Cause everyone knows Stephen Hawking ended up being one of the most brilliant men in, in, uh, science. Um, so it's nice seeing that a disability didn't stop someone from being who they were, but there's also a scene in the movie that I really thought sold really well, how it feels to be, you know, wheelchair bound is, um, Towards the end of the movie there's a part where someone drops a red pen on the ground and then Stephen Hawking's looking at it and then he just gets up out of the we gets up out of the chair, walks over to the guy and hands him the pen and puts it back down, and then sits back down. And I'm totally underselling how that scene plays out. But the reason I connected it with so with that so off uh, so well is because like I've been in that instance where I've seen someone just drop a pen and I'm like, Oh, hold on, let me get that for you and I'm like, Oh wait. I can't actually go up and grab that. But it was like a good visual representation of how you feel being in a chair. It's like, you know, you still have the same normal thought process of like, oh, I'm just going to go grab that. And you think you still can, but then you realize like, oh, right. you can't. And you're just like, mm-hmm. shit. Um, and that's why I thought that movie had good representation of disability. And next movie is, I think, is Million Dollar Baby. Is I don't <laughs> know if you guys have seen <laughs> oh, this man. movie. Uh,
1: rough yeah. ending.
0: Yeah, boxer turned uh quadriplegic after getting sucker punched and breaking her neck. And like there's one part about the movie I think is stupid when she's in she's hospitalized is uh her trach or her breathing tube is way too high up on her neck. I've had a trach and they are way, way, way lower and you are not you cannot talk that easily on a trach. But other than that, I think the part that they sold about that movie really well is uh, her mentality throughout the film. toward towards that chunk of the film of like, you know, seeing herself as someone who is on top, being the king, and then having to face the facts of like, oh, these are my limitations now, and not being able to really accept and come to terms with that. Because I remember me being in the hospital at times. I was being like, shit, I was king and now I am not, and like, you know, you have it showed the dark. The dark side of what the thought process can be when you do have a disability, especially when you're newly thrown into one. And that's what I I really liked about it. It was just like, oh, it, it didn't shy away from the darkness and the depression and stuff of like, what can happen when these things affect someone?
1: Oh, yeah. And that's my two cents. Well, I certainly can understand <laughs> i mean you know i had to go through the dark side of things i mean obviously i mean i had my disability since i was young but there was a transition where it's like it really started to become reality when you know it goes from being able to walk to not being able to walk that was kind of the the big change and i feel like i can relate to that wholeheartedly because it definitely is a it's a change because you're like damn then you, know, you should
0: you should watch Million Dollar Baby then. Things I can't do. Yeah. It's a great movie and I think it it does show that dark side pretty well of, you know, people's thought process through mm. tragedy. So. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> off, of the, off of that <laughs> depressing me. note. Everyone That's just kinda well. was like, huh, so <laughs> <That was> sad. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, it's not sad. Laugh now.
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. All right. Well, here's a quick uh, question for you, the guys. Then is like, uh, how do you think representation of disability in movies can be improved? Uh
2: well, I would like to see them hire more actors who actually have the disabilities that are being represented on screen. Um, I saw a film, there was a film released fairly recently, I think it may have been fairly recently, I don't know, I only saw the poster for it and thought, oh I'm not watching this it was a film called Blind and it had um, Alec Baldwin and Demi Moore in it who, I quite like Alec Baldwin generally and Demi Moore Mm. but um, was there no there must it it just kind of annoys me when they. You know, they have a role there for a blind person. Where a blind person would be ideal, you know? And they just choose not to. Right.
0: You know, so a, yeah. Just actual representation.
2: Yeah, I mean the film actually may well be very good. I've not seen it. I don't want to sort of um dismiss it out of hand entirely. Right. But right. you know, when I when I see, you know, um, Sort of able-bodied actors, uh, you know, non-blind actors playing blind people and whatever. Then it just it sort of throws me out the wrong way a little.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. I think there was a controversy. uh can't I can't even remember the show, but some kid was in a wheelchair. Yeah, some kid was in a wheelchair, and then like the entire series, he was in the wheelchair, and they didn't even have someone who was actually in a wheelchair.
1: Are we talking about um, Degrassi? Was that it? Because Drake was the guy in the chair. Oh. Well, yeah, I (laughs) guess that must have been it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean... uh,
0: Fuck you, Drake, and your silly hats.
1: (laughs) And your silly hats?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, Then, like, conversely, you've got something like... Am I right in saying there's um, in Breaking Bad... There's the the son. Oh uh, yeah, he the... actually has cerebral palsy. Yeah, I mean like that's good casting, and he does a good job in that role. So
1: yeah, like absolutely. I feel like a that's double win. A good representation. That's definitely like I mean because it's it's legitimate, you know.
0: Well, it sounds like we're all in agreement. Then is uh, use real disabilities when. When it can when it can be used.
1: Yeah, because I don't think it's I, I don't think I don't think as a whole Hollywood has necessarily done a terrible job um with it, but I think, you know, there's always maybe maybe making more films that kind of kind of uh bring up the you know, handicap and disability sort of questions, you know, I think would be it be a I think it'd be more informative. Right. For sure, to get people to know a little bit more you know, maybe have a more intimate understanding of what it's like.
0: Indubitably. I think on that note it's a good time to start wrapping things up. We're getting close to time. Uh real quick thing, James, you wanted to bring up uh your game jam is going on live right now, right?
2: Damn. Yeah, yeah. As I am currently um Dropping crapping bricks because we're like two days away from the end and there's no games uploaded, so maybe there won't be any games uploaded by the end of it. It's right, been so running from the 9th of May till the 15th and it ends on. Well, it ends midnight on the 15th, just in time for the start of Global Accessibility Awareness Day, where if any games are actually submitted, please God, let games be submitted, then you know, I'll be sort of promoting them through the Twitter uh pay, uh Twitter account and all sorts. Um but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's only a couple of days left. Cross my fingers <laughs>
0: Well all our fingers are crossed then. And uh, you you touched on upon that also is uh for those that aren't aware, and I'll just reiterate what James said is that uh May sixteenth is um global accessibility awareness day and for more information, you can go to globalaccessibilityawareness.org and find out more. So, just something to think about there, everyone out there, uh, all you ears and stuff out there listening.
1: Yeah, and I think Mixer is also, if you guys are familiar with that platform, is also, I think the whole entire week, they are highlighting um, highlighting streamers that, that have uh, disabilities on their platform. So that's kind of neat. Very neat. So check that out. You know, look on, look on Mixer. I'm sure there's there's a banner or something on there. I didn't look yet, but I had saw I had I had seen something about this.
0: Nice. All righty that's then. Pretty cool. I think that's a perfect place to wrap things up. Then here, so I just want to thank everyone again for tuning in to another episode of Wheel Life Problems. You can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. You can follow us on Twitter at Problems Wheel. You can follow me on the social media. I'm at The Rickles. You can follow Bill. He is at Wheelchair Gamer. Gamer spelt with a three. Uh, Brandon, although he is absent, you can still follow him at Accessible Gamer. And you can file uh, file. You can file follow James at James Kyle. <laughs> Thanks again, and remember to keep it wheel. Take it easy, guys. Oh, like, we're going to file away, James. (laughs) Uh,
2: Put me in a box.